The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So Ecclesia, if you've been around for a while, you've heard stories about the infamous uh, Marcelo. Marcelo is a pastor of La Misión in Buenos Aires. He came uh, here to the U.S. to go to seminary, and like a lot of people that come to the U.S. and get the chance to go to seminary, if your home country's struggling, usually you stick around. It, there's a lot of opportunity here. Marcelo felt called to go back to Argentina and to start a church, which I can tell you, no matter where you start a church, it's not easy. Uh, but he decided to start a church in uh, an area in Buenos Aires called Bajo Flores. It's an area that's surrounded by shanty towns, and it's a place that they get to minister to the poor. And Marcelo has a heart for the poor. He has a heart for the Lord. And I, as you can tell, I love this man. And, um, and if you're connected to our church, you probably at some point have heard stories and also share uh, a common love. So Marcelo, welcome. We're so glad you're here. What, what would you like to add about our story? And then I'm just gonna set you up a few times and ask you a few questions and get uh, you to share a little bit with us. Well, we, we got to know each other back in 2009. It was a key day for me. It was the same time of a, a turning point in my life. And uh, we got a, a picture of, of that night. Uh, it was just a, a blessing, a tango show, an amazing steak and uh, a glass of wine. Nothing can get better that, than that. Was that was 2009. You don't see me, but that's 2009, Marcelo. And his daughter, Vicky, there. Vicky is now... She's uh, turning uh, 19. 19. So yes. the world has changed a little bit yes. Um, yes. since that day. We did change too, so... Yeah, we've yeah. changed a little bit as, <laughs> as well. Uh, there's definitely some age. So tell us a little bit, just La, La Misión, uh, what you need to know, uh, or you may not need to know, but you should know. Buenos Aires, I tell people, it's my second favorite city in the world. Jerusalem, it's Primera. Buenos Aires, Segunda. It's, it is literally, to me, my quick pitch, if I was on the Chamber of Commerces, it's the architecture of Paris without having to deal with Parisians. <laughs> it's, it's the, sorry Parisians, but they're not as friendly as, as the, it's got the familial Latina, Latino kind of culture that you just feel loved and welcomed everywhere you go. Uh, it's got some of the best food in the world, this blending of, uh, of so many European flavors and cultures, and it's got the energy and the art scene of a New York City. That's my short take, and it just makes it a beautiful place. And I love to visit and to be there. And I love what Marcelo gets to do in Bajo Flores. But things have not been easy there in recent history. So a little context of Buenos Aires, the current situation. Well, uh, yeah, as you said, a beautiful city. We've gone through crisis uh, after crisis every, about every 10 years. And uh, when, when I met you, it was rather a good time for, for Argentina, uh, you know, going up in one of those cycles. Uh, and uh, but but lately in the last uh, 10 years we've been you know going coming down in terms of uh, the economy uh, inflation is, is crazy uh, we got about a hundred percent inflation a year so um, don't save any money in pesos in Argentina whatever money you have you'd better spend it fast because in in a month uh, the prices go up uh, about 10 percent. So, so literally, just for context, like when I first went there in 2009, um, it was three pesos to the dollar when you went to the Cambioto exchange, right? So that means if you had a million pesos then, you were a peso millionaire, um, 
in peso, the pesos to dollars, that would be $300,000. Today, it's almost 500 pesos to the dollar. So that same $300,000 is now $2,000, right? Can, can you imagine if you have $300,000 in your Roth IRA, right? In your retirement account. And over a 15-year period, that's $2,000. So what's happening today, and this is what you're gonna hear more about, is we, we have had and have the opportunity to lean in with a church partner we love and trust and get to help in a time that our dollar goes so far to help feed people and care for people, in a time that they have a lot of need. And the, the good news is, this is kinda of how the world works, right? So there are times that we have a lot and we get to share it, and there are gonna be times like we might be going through it, and we might be going to Argentina saying, will you help us, right? But the point is, when you're at the place that you can help, this is what you wanna do, and it gives you a lot of joy. One of the things that works about our uh, partnership is that we actually really like each other, right? Amen. And, and our churches, we've had people go live in their church and serve on teams, and we actually like and love each other, right? C.S. Lewis says this about friendship. He says uh, this, what draws people, it, 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 that's the first one, yeah. What draws people to be friends is that they see the same truth and they share it. Now, we see the same truth in Jesus. We also look at a great steak and we see the same truth, right? Uh, we, we see a glass of Malbec and we see the same truth, right? Amen. Um, we see great art. We just, we have a heart for some of the same things. Lewis puts it another way. He says, friendship, this is the thing about it, is unnecessary like philosophy, like art, like the universe itself, for God did not need to create. It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which give value to survival, right? And this is what you need to know. Just like people have friends, churches have friends. And we're a church with many friends. And we've got friends across the globe. They're not just partners that we transact with. These are the, the family that we live with, right? So we got stories in this room, right? Chris Yuko's over here, and we had a trip together that we had an old espresso machine. Here it was not worth that much, but in Argentina it was probably worth, I don't know, what we figure out, $10,000, $15,000? So we took it apart and put it in suitcases and we carried it in to get it through customs. And we just did that Jedi mind trick when we went through and said, this is not the espresso machine you're looking for, <laughs> right? And we got this espresso machine in that is used at one of the church campuses and it makes coffee for people today in a really, we just, we're just, that's what family does. You smuggle things for each other because you love Jesus, right? Hey, there's people over here. You have to look yes, at them from yes. time to time too. Marcelo, why are we friends? Well, you know, I was, I was thinking about uh, C.S. Lewis. Uh, he also says in one, one part of uh, that book, he says, uh, as Jesus chose us, uh, he, he, uh, he chose us as his friends. Mm -hmm. He also chooses our, friend, our friends. And our friends are there uh, to, to support you, to, to show you how much he loves you, mm -hmm. and also to show you the truth, you know, sometimes that you don't see. And going throughout the years, and we've gone through a lot together, uh, God, God uh, has placed your life in my life uh, to strengthen me in times of uh, a big pain, big, big suffering, and also uh, to share that, that truth, that beautiful, the truth that uh, comes from Jesus and we need to see each other 
and together. So that's wonderful. Marcelo wanted to share some with you from Psalm 133. So tell us part of why this resonates in this context. Yeah, well, Psalms uh, 133, it's, it's uh, a psalm that reminds me about the importance of fellowship. You know, I, it talks about uh, how good and pleasant, uh, when you read in the original, it, it says, how good and delicious. And it reminds me, you know, I, I like steaks, so I, I already <laughs> say that. Uh, so how good and delicious is, is the fellowship. And the images of people, the people of God going up to Jerusalem for one of these uh, feasts. And, uh, and so they were seeing each other after a while and they were saying, wow, let's behold. You know, this is, this is the beauty of, uh, of friendship and, and fellowship. And then he depicts uh, two images. One is of uh, the holy priest, uh, Aaron, that is the picture of Jesus. And like saying, you know, it, it's, like, it's like Jesus. And Jesus is the one that, that makes fellowship possible uh, with God and with each other. And uh, so he, he, he points that, that beauty and encourages the people of God to uh, see the importance, behold, and trust and hope in the power of, uh, in the power of fellowship. And then at the end, he says, there, uh, he brings the image of uh, the, the, the Jew of, of Mount Hermon that is in the north part of the country. And he says, it's like the, the Jew of Mount Hermon going all the way down to the Mount Zion, which is impossible. It's like 200 kilometers. But he sees that in hope. And he says, where fellowship is, there is life and there is hope and there is power and there is blessing of God. So I see this and the fellowship of friendship and the fellowship we had as a church uh, in Argentina with Ecclesia, the power of uh, the blessing of God and, and the life of Christ uh, among us. So. So, so in the economic struggle, one of the things that we get to do from time to time is just help buy the food so they can share in fellowship. So during the pandemic, that's been part of our story. During the pandemics, we, uh, we were able to feed uh, over uh, 250 families uh, on a daily basis. We were giving them uh, bags of, uh, of food so they can cook at their homes. We couldn't have contact with them, <clears throat> but we were they, were they were showing up in the church and so we were preparing these bags and, and uh, all that was possible because of uh, the gener generosity of Ecclesia. And uh, we delivered over 15,000 huge bags of food throughout the pandemics. Uh, and uh, we had a soup kitchen too for the children and other things that we are also doing. Uh, but that was a very, very special time for us. Very difficult, but uh, some of us got COVID, you know, doing that service, uh, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. So one of, one of the things that we, we often see is that our churches are doing the same things at the same times, right? So one of the things that I'm doing a lot of these days hopefully you'll join me, is I'm hosting some dinners in my home, right? And, and I would love for you to be a part of it. It's, it's a bit transformational. I get to cook all the food for you. You're stuck talking to me for a few hours. Uh, but Marcelo's been doing the same thing. So one of the things we want to do that we haven't talked about yet is for Ecclesia to cover the cost of the food every time you guys gather together, right? And our hope is that when we do those things, right, that we're present together. And I'll tell you, when we pour a glass of Malbec, we will say a prayer for you, and you'll find out Argentina is actually an intimate part of this, this dinner that I'm hosting, that we're learning about uh, our partnerships in different places and Thank how we, we do what we do. 
There are a few things that are important to us, and some of them are about how you're doing. We, we have a belief at Ecclesia um, that part of our role uniquely is to care for the caregivers. So people that are pouring themselves out, what we often find is they're burned out, they're hurting, and when they fall apart, right, then they're no longer able to serve all these people. So you'll find whether we're in Turkey or whether we're in Ukraine or whether the work that we do at the Venezuela border and what we do with Marcelo, we have a keen interest in how he's doing. Many of you will remember years ago, Marcelo sold his car to help cover some expenses for the church. So he was riding the bus for too long and we went in and we bought him a car, right? And a lot of people go, Marcelo, that's the guy we bought a car for, right? And because that's just what we were made to do. So in the midst of all this, tell, how is life for you? Uh, thank you for asking. Uh, I don't get that question very often, especially in public, you know, so that's uh, uh, for me to... Um, to but it, it's, been a, um, it's been a wonderful time. Um, I got uh, married a year and a half ago. Yes. If, so uh, my wife is from, uh, from Brazil, and so it's amazing how, how fast you can learn a language, Portuguese. They speak Portuguese. A beautiful woman will stimulate your passion for Portuguese very quickly. Just, uh, Marcelo is speaking Portuguese, so it's hard for him to... He's not using English very often because he's speaking Portuguese always at home. Yeah, yeah. And we, then we Spanish. Portuguese at home. And, and so um, it's, it's amazing how fast you can learn a language. Uh, Do we have a know. photo of Susie? Or there's, there, there's got to be at least one photo yeah, of I Susie. Yeah, I said one, yeah. Um, I said, so, married. Yes. You've got two girls with you. Yeah, those. This is Brenda and Vicky. Brenda and Vicky. We've yes. been, so Vicky was in that first photo. Um, she was four, maybe, in that first photo. She's yes. now a beautiful, she was, she beautiful was woman. She's in the white. Um, and I just, I adore her. You've been a part of her journey, I could see, in ways that you could hardly fathom. And then Susie is obviously standing next to you. Yes. She, uh, uh, and, and so, you know, having to deal with uh, the new, uh, the new, the new family, it was just beautiful in the context of uh, Argentina. It's a, it's a challenge. Uh, so I got a new job, and uh, you know, working with with the, the congregations and and and, and this job, it, it was a big, a big challenge. Um, but God was, you know, working through through that. Uh, this year has been. Uh, God has been has been uh, giving us grace and uh, strength to 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 keep on. She's adapting very well to Argentina. She loves Buenos Aires, of course. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, and uh, she um, she's uh, beginning to to uh, speak, and uh, you know she's learning Spanish, and so that's helping in the communication uh, towards people in in the city and and in the church. So uh, yes. One, one of the things we love about La Mission is a commitment to serve the poor. So they've been doing that with soup kitchens for a long time. And then before the pandemic, um, had a lifelong endeavor that Marcelo's wanted to see happen in the church building that they built, uh, have been leading a kids program. So it's also one of the things that in the midst of this extreme economic crisis in Argentina is one of the places that we've got an opportunity to really help. Will you tell us more about that, read to us from the Bible, whatever you want to say to us in this, yeah. and I'll be quiet for a minute. No, thank you. Uh, we, uh, no, thank you, you will be quiet. I'm thank you that you're allowing me to. No, I just, uh, uh, this, this, this place where we are doing the, the, sub the, the daycare center, it's an early childhood center. Uh, you, it's, it's a place where we have the church, we have the congregation, we have the 
the Sunday meetings. And I didn't know that, but uh, years ago when we, we started, uh, there was an urban legend in the, in the neighborhood. And the legend was, or the, the story was that this place was used for child abuse and everybody knew about it. So when I, we got there, a couple of the neighbors came to me and said, did you know what this place was for? And I said, no, this place, they told me, this place was a place of, uh, you know, they would, that was a place for abusing children. And I just couldn't believe that. Um, and I was reminded of, of this uh, scripture in uh, the book of Hosea, the prophet Hosea, where God talks to him uh, about his personal situation. He says, I will place in the valley of Acre hope. And the valley of Acre was a place of known in, in, in the Old Testament for a place of pain and suffering and, 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 and a lot of uh, death had happened in that place in the book of Exodus. And so I was reminded, you know, that the place of suffering is a place of hope, it's a place of redemption. And so I said, we have to do something. We have to restore this. We have to give this place back to God and to this city. And uh, so we began to pray about having this uh, early childhood center. Uh, and uh, it took us five years of a lot of, uh, you know, uh, putting things together uh, and uh, paperwork and, and stuff like that. But finally we got started uh, nine years ago. And uh, so we have 150 kids that come every day from uh, 8 a.m. through 5 p.m. In the, in the afternoon. And they, uh, we, we provide for them the main meal of the day and uh, we provide them breakfast and also a, a, a snack before they leave. And a lot of love. A lot of love. We have uh, 17 people serving. And uh, the stories of those children, uh, we know that we are making the difference. If God would not provide it, would have not provided that place for, for that part of the city, all these children would not have been able to uh, get the, the love and the parents get the support. Some of them are single parents. Uh, and, uh, and so they bring the kids and, and us providing um, that, that, that uh, support and love uh, help them to also uh, learn skills. We do a lot of parenting seminars and, and, and working with the parents to help them also to raise the children. So in these nine years, we had about a thousand uh, kids that have come through the program from zero, through, from one month through four years old. Uh, and so they, got, they go through the program and, and uh, and, that's, and we, we see them then after that going to school. Um, so, you know, every time I get depressed, usually one, once I have to confess this, once a week, you know, especially on Mondays, you know, it's hard. <laughs> uh, that's when all pastors yeah, are depressed, that's, by that's the way. It, that's Don't the call us with bad news on a Monday. <laughs> just... Yeah, and, and so what I do is uh, I go to the daycare center and I open the doors of the classrooms and all those children come and I can get to hug them and embrace them. And I re I'm reminded of what, uh, what it's all about. It's about serving, it's about loving them. Uh, it's about hearing the stories of how 
God brought them. Some of them come without being able to speak because of the pain, the suffering, the abuse. And uh, through the program, after a couple of uh, years, they are different. Uh, they learn things. We are able to work with the parents. And, uh, and so that's, that's our story. And, and Mark 10, you were going to share with us. Yeah, Mark 10, uh, you know, just a beautiful passage of Jesus uh, uh, rebuking his disciples, uh, saying to his disciples, uh, because they were trying to get away the children from Jesus. And uh, Jesus, it says, uh, Jesus was, um, was upset with the disciples because of their attitude. They were thinking about themselves, you know, the children were in that part of uh, the world at that time, were not valued, uh, they were not, uh, they didn't have privileges, they were like a thing. But Jesus embraces them, you know, and, uh, and, and just blesses them and asks them to come because he says, uh, such is the kingdom for, for them, for theirs is the kingdom and for people that are like them. And so I was thinking about that, uh, that, you know, sometimes we want to teach our children how God is like. And I'm, I'm part of a, a tradition in the church where you have to study a catechism and God is a spirit, you know, an infinite, empowering, just, you, know, you have to learn that definition. But then when you ask a child, uh, how, is, how is God? And the, the idea they would have, those children, is God is like Jesus that has time for them. God is like Jesus that embraces them. God is like Jesus that holds them into his arms and, and, uh, and, and spends time for them. So, you know, I want for people to remember the church is there to show, you know, how God is like. And God is like when you put up with the walls and uh, when you uh, set up the whole thing so the children can come, the parents can come, and we spend time with them and we show them the love of Christ. And um, So part of what's happening right now, and when Marcelo's depressed, he goes to see the kids, but he often calls me. Um, and often in that, that's been a part of this journey in Argentina of the economic difficulties, right? So some of the recent phone calls have been we can't, we can't do this program for kids anymore. Um, we've had so many families leave the country. We have so many families leave the church. We, we don't, people don't have the resources for us to feed the kids when they come any longer. So the timing of Marcelo coming this week was one of those, I like an opportunity for our church where we can solve a problem instantly together, right? We can actually go like, oh, we know what to do about that. And we've wanted for years to institute something where many of us could have a direct connection with some of the kids in this program. So what we, I wanna invite you to do today, and if we literally, if we got 130 kids sponsored over the course of the weekend at all our services, we would have all of the costs covered to feed and care for the kids. So, and just to introduce you, there was a story about the lady that's really running the school I wanted you to share. Yes, um, well, Alcida, she's a 77 year old lady that uh, I'm allowed to say her age. Azucena, uh, that's that, his that's, mom, that's and I my love mom. her. That's Another <laughs> older lady that's probably in there, and we'll tell you for the next service which one. Yeah, and, yeah. so she was, uh, she was retired. Uh, she worked for a long time with, with children. And uh, so I went to her house, and uh, I talked to her. I said, we're going to start this program, and there's no way we can do this without you. 
And she said, well, I'm retired. You know, I, I, you know I'm, I need now to enjoy my retirement. And I said, you will enjoy your retirement by coming and helping us, and we'll make a difference in the lives of hundreds of children. And she embraced that, and she's been with us for the last eight years. Uh, and, and it's just like, she's, she's, she's such an example for You sent her a us. photo, right? You I sent a photo, yes. What do you think it looks like? Uh, she's about this tall. She's about this tall? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's her. Alcina. Uh, Alcida. Alcida. So uh, Alcida, right, she's 77. And what Marcelo says, I've gotten to be up there and see the program many times. She's the first one to get there in the morning. She's the last one to leave. It matters to her that these kids get fed. And this is the thing for us, Ecclesia. I, I think we have this unique privilege where there are all these people ready to do the work. They're, they're like, we'll do all the heavy lifting. Would you guys just help us make soup, you know, for the kids? Would you just help us be able to provide some snacks so that we can send them home with their bellies full and help cover some costs for some teachers, right? So that's what we wanna do today. There's at the table, there are some on the back. I'm gonna sponsor a little girl named Roma. Uh, you can't have her, she was born one day before me, so. Um, I like having a kid that's close to my birthday. And for $30 a month, we can literally say, all right, this kid is going to be fed and cared for. And um, all you got to do is use the QR code. You can uh, text 97000 and type in Argentina sponsor. And, and this is what you can do if you get to sponsor a kid. Every time I go or somebody from our team goes, we'll bring a gift and a letter. We're going to work on ways for them to be able to send some letters to you and communicate. If you got a kid, I advise you to get one close to their birth date, right? So they can celebrate uh, with them. If you want to go to Buenos Aires, I'll help you set it up so you can go serve in the school and meet the kid. But at the end of the day, the real goal is just to say, can we make sure that the church, La Mission, gets to do what they're made to do and gets to care for people? And I think, personally, that's one of the most beautiful things uh, that we can do. So I especially am praying for a few of you that have some social media influence that you can go, I'm going to take 10 of these and I'm going to share it with my friends and we're going to get them sponsored. So you know who you are. You know that if you ask people to do things like this, that they'll do it. And, um, and you could have 10 kids that your friends are connected to. Um, and then you can do a fun trip together. I'll tell you where to eat. Marcelo will tell you where to eat. He'll take you where to eat um, when you go and you can be able to meet those kids. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.